Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, hey, everybody. I'm back from Toronto, and it's time for a new episode of the Awards Radar podcast. As always, I'm joined by Miles. Hi, I'm here. And guys, girls, animals, vegetables, minerals. Steve's back. Hey, hey, I'm back. Back from the dead. Back from your, you took a three month nap on that one episode. (laughs) I just woke up. I was leaning on the keyboard. There's about a thousand different X's written across the screen and I'm ready to roll. Excellent. There's so much to catch you up on. You would not believe how much drama has been wrung from whether or not Harry Styles spit on a guy. Wait, what? (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Nope. That's kind of the thing. Um, Can I tell you? So um, before we get, we'll get into Toronto stuff later, but I went to the awards gala at Toronto where they give out the prizes. They were, you know, announcing weeks in advance, not the audience award, but like, you know, Brendan Fraser getting the acting award. There's a tribute type award that went to Michelle. Yeah. Um, the cast of My Policeman got the inaugural ensemble award, and I was sitting, I was invited to sit at the Amazon table, so everyone spent a long time asking me what I was going to talk to, Ar- to Harry Styles about. And of course, they didn't sit at the table. Oh, of course. But, you know, I was not going to be like, so, I heard you're in the news. <laughs> What's been going on? Aren't you dating your director? No, you're not. You don't, you don't do that. Um, but we are going to talk about uh, some movies. A lot of festival stuff. Miles has caught up on Barbarian. Steve actually has seen Blonde. He's the only one of us at this time mm-hmm. who has seen it because I'm watching this after we record. But we also have questions. However, first up, Steve has to do a little bit of work because uh, a couple weeks ago we we kind of amended our fantasy draft. And Steve, let me just let me just read to you what you have. All right, your films. You have Killers of the Flower Moon. Not coming out this year. <laughs> nice. Can't you lose. Have, you have you have poor things. I know, can't win. Not coming out this year. Nice. <laughs> Nailed it. You have Amsterdam. We're seeing it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You have everything everywhere all at once. You're looking good there. And you have Maestro, which is not coming out this year. <laughs> wow. And your and your safety is the sun, which we can talk about later. Consistency so is my thing. To, you need three films to swap out. Your actors, you have Jesse Plemons, needs to be swapped out. You have Brad Pitt, still in the running. You have Mark Ruffalo, needs to be swapped out. You have Paul Dano, are you thinking Joker or Fablemans? Um, Fablemans. I assume Fablemans, alright. Uh, and you have Bradley Cooper, needs to be swapped out. Your safety with John David Washington, still in play. So, Well, like my question actors. is, can I swap out all of them, or only the ones that I have to? No, no, you're going to... I'm, we're we're going to let you swap out all of them. Oh. Because okay. that's what we did. Um, right. And, yeah, I'll talk about what we did in a second just to remind people. And an actress, you have Carrie Mulligan. She's still in it. Michelle Williams, she's still in it. Jesse Buckley, she's still in it. Patricia Clarkson, still in it. And other Carrie Mulligan, she's not in it. Um, your um, your safety was Frances McDormand for, uh, I'm guessing, women talking. I, I'm just going to say that's not going to work out for you. Uh, it's cameo. Okay. Yeah, because women talking uh, has been getting some pretty good. 
Yeah, no, no. Um, okay. She might get nominated for producing it, but I don't. That's not what we're talking about. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, but for example, I I swapped out um, White Noise with Top Gun because Top Gun was still on the board. You know, Miles swapped out uh, Three Thousand Years of Longing with Banshees of, Inish- of Inisherin, uh, The Killer with Bardo. Well, sorry there, Miles, on that one. <laughs> so if right, I'm looking so, at your top. Your, your at your predictions. I'm going to start. Need to be updated by you. As I'm on awards radar, if you click on the predictions tab on the top, you'll get all the predictions for all the races. Um, yes. So let's let's go from there. So that's what I'll use as a reference. Yeah. If you need if you need to pick up three films, your options that are on the table include women talking. Okay. Um, Did none of us get women talking? Man, that was an oversight. Yeah, that was prior to, to, to tell your ride, but still. Um, the whale. Oh, wait, the, no, whale's the whale? Oh, no, you have oh. the whale picture? Yep. Oh, you do. I've okay. been hearing a lot of good so, stuff. I, about I, ha- the whale. I have Babylon, the whale, the woman king, Bardo, Banshees of Inishirin, with uh, Turning Red as my safety. So I'm actually feeling pretty good about that. Yeah. Um, I, I, would, I would say you should take um, Women Talking and Tar. Um, to, like, those are the two well. I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, and then if you want to pick a slightly more out there pick. All right, I, I'm going to do that. I'm going to ditch one other for sure. Um, well, don't, don't go too hard because you're going to you're going to you're going to run out of some stuff. Yeah, well, I don't see. I'm not sure what actually what what would come into play. So let's put those well, two you're in. Gonna re- Tar. I'm going to replace Maestro. Yeah. So all right, with with Maestro, I'll do women talking. Okay. Well, well, it doesn't matter. Who, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Yet. So. And then Killer of the when Flower Moon. We'll do Tar. Tar. And now you got one more. One more. Um, Can I throw out a, an idea for you? Yeah, yeah, please do. You, you may want to get Glass Onion. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been hearing good stuff about that. Yeah, let's go Glass Onion. There you go. I, right. I, I do want to swap out one more, though. I think I've heard... Enough about the sun to know it's at least at least divisive. Um, okay, what do you want to replace it with? I don't know. What was what was good at TIFF? Anything that you can? I mean, if you want to go a little more mainstream as an option, um, devotion, perhaps. Mm. Sure. And we can we swap yeah, out mean... later on, or is this? How does no, we're, we're pretty much locking it now. I mean, the inspection's okay. another one that's playing in New York. I saw that at TIFF. Um, you know what? Um, oh, the, you know, I, I've made your decision. You should you should definitely go uh, take uh, Black Panther 2. What? Wakanda Forever. Is that coming? That's, in picture? That's out this... Yeah, that's yeah coming it's coming in November. In November. Oh, it's November. I, I was uh, the, the previous one was January, right? So yeah, let's do it. No, no, it's yeah. it's coming out. There you sure, go. let's go with it. All right, you need to you need three actors. All right, jeez, <laughs> why did I draft the first time? I swear, I'm, I'm like, what is it, Rip Van Winkle, who slept for three uh, three months? I, and I mean, we did we did kind of tell you that you were you were yeah you were taking a lot of chances. Well, I, I, we may cover this a little as well, but I kind of uh, I, I create my narratives and then I stick with them. Even if uh, reason doesn't always work or math. Um, okay, Trump. Yeah. No, no, well, not not like that. In a good I way. Mean, it sounds familiar. 
It's it's well, I'm talking right, about so, I'm referring to my Emmy picks because I, yes. I I I thought I was gonna be the one who cracked the code and I, I cracked the code how to get every single runner up pick to be your the winner. Um so nice. uh let's um, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna tell you impressive. one that you should probably put in. Uh you should probably grab Bill Nye for living. Okay, wait, no wait, wait. no I have Miles him. has him. Wait oh. So you can't but you can you can go Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah, that Colin cool. Farrell for the uh, what's it called? Um, the Banshees. The Banshees. You should you should take what it. Joey? You've seen it. Is it Inishirin or Inishirin? I think it's Inishirin. Okay. They don't really. I don't remember them saying it in the in the movie, but I heard Inishirin more than I heard Inishirin. Fair. Tell enough. me again who I have who's still. Uh, you you took you that that. That is staying, Brad Pitt, okay. Paul Dano, John David Washington. You need to replace Plemons, Ruffalo, and Bradley Cooper. Damn. Definitely take um, Colin Farrell for one of them. Trust me on that. Um, other options? You can... Ray Fiennes? Do for the menu? Yeah. You sure? You, no, no, I'm just, saying, I'm, just, I'm just asking. I mean, he's... I heard some good stuff. We'll talk about it. I don't know if it's... He, he's, he's good. Uh, not an Oscar movie. Okay. I'll say. Would be surprised if he caught on like that. Um, maybe the kid from The Fablemans playing uh, Steven? Gabriel something? Gabriel LaBelle. LaBelle. Let's go with Colin and, mm-hmm. you know, let's go Bill Nye. No, no, I can't. Miles has. Oh, you! Oh, he does. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. Um, jeez. Yeah, I don't know enough about a lot of these because. All right. Uh, screw it. Let's just go, Gabriel Labelle. And wh- how do we get points? Just by winning or by nominations in the nominations, and then wins will be more. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So, well, I'll, I'll, so you fine. know what you can do. You want to You want to have one more, just like kind of out there pick, since you don't really have a guy offhand. Sure. What about Rogan? I mean, uh, Sandler. Sandler for a Hustle? Hmm. Yeah. Or I mean, go supporting and go a little further in on Fableman's. What about Judd Hirsch? Oh, wait, we can do... Oh, I'm sorry. Good things about Judd Hirsch. We can do... Yeah, I, I heard good things about Hirsch as well. So Yeah, you should do I that. forgot. So, yeah, let's do that. So, you, you're, set on, you're set on an actor. Now, an actress, you only have to replace backup Carrie Mulligan, and I would advise you to replace Francis McDormand. Okay, let's take a look. Hmm. Come on. And then I promise we'll actually start the show. People who are listening. People are loving this. Like, I wonder if Steve is going to make up for all those out there picks. Um, I have some pretty good picks. Do, do I have Mich- No, you did fine in this one. Wait, I have Michelle Williams for... Like, honestly, you waiting a week, like, or help, or however long, yeah. tremendously, because now you have so much more info on all of these. Well, that's why yeah, I was... you should... Too, uh... That's why I was too busy with the quotes uh, last week to, to be on the podcast. Oh, well, there's you one obvious from the start, one. folks. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's it's a long all, game. It's a part of the plan. Um, all right. I'm looking at what we have you here. You should... Yeah. You help. should do... Hmm... Let's see. Can you remind me? I'm sorry. Remind me who I have again, who, who I'm keeping. You have Carrie Mulligan. You had to do it twice, so you're keeping yeah. her for She Said. Uh, you have Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, I assume. Oh, good. Jesse Buckley yes. okay. for Women Talking. Yep. You have Patricia Clarkson for She Said. 
and you have Francis McDormand for women talking. So you should probably, if you want to kind of play the odds now, just take the other two women talking women. Um, Claire Foy at the very least, because I'm hearing a lot of good stuff about her. Blanchett's gone? Yes. Uh, yeah, I have her. Okay, let's go Claire. And what about uh, Anna Darmus? She's gone. One I of us definitely I has. I have uh, Miles. Miles grabbed her last week. Okay, or last time. Yeah, she's my backup. Yeah. Also, remember you can go supporting. I'm looking right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure she's gone. gone. Uh, Sadie Sink is gone. Correct. Yep. One of us has her. Okay. Uh, oh wait, 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 wait! I'm sure I have her. No. You do, uh, Miles. Uh, uh, Steve, yeah, take Hong Chow. Take Hong Chow. Oh yeah, there you go. All right, I'll take Hong Chow. Too bad, Sadie Sink and I, best buds. I don't know if you've seen my uh, YouTube video. The world loves it. (laughs) Interviewed her. Um, Old friends. Quickly, before we talk Toronto, we're going to talk about um, some of the other stuff we saw and do questions. Uh, Quickly, though, um, Telluride, things that play there that we're not talking about today. Um, Tar, Armageddon Time, Bardo, Bones and All. You can hear those on... uh, the last episode women talking empire of light after sun they played a tiff same thing listen last week any miles and steve if they have specific questions about those can do it because miles um did oscar predictions so we have to address those as well it's um, finally it's finally happened folks yes i will quickly say i didn't love bones and all but i'm very eager for miles to see it because badlands by way of cannibals seems like a movie made for him well, and what a combo to do it as well. They have they have actual onset cannibal experience, right? I mean, well, not on that <laughs> film. <laughs> not on that but, film. Yeah, unless unless Mark Rylance is more method than I realized. Listen, man, he'll do a lot for a little. Bones and all. This is true. <laughs> uh, Steve's back. There he is. All right. So let's uh, let's ease in with a filmaholic face off. Ryan McDermott style. Viola Davis films. Nice. Um, because she is in The Woman King, which we'll talk about later. So let's run through these quick-ish. Just because we got one more to do and we want to spend the bulk of the time on Toronto. Which is exactly how I want to spend my day after I came home from Toronto. But it's cool. Uh, the Help are extremely loud and incredibly close. Um, I don't especially like... Either. I don't especially like either film... But I think she's better in the help, so I'll go with that. Yeah, I just like uh, incredibly loud, so I'm going to go with the help as well. Uh, I prefer extremely loud as a movie, which is to say I don't oh. like either of those movies too much. I like but incredibly I think loud she's better in the help. <laughs> yeah, that's what I call it. Uh, listen, that movie has a couple of really good scenes and a lot of mediocre scenes. Um, the help is just kind of whatever. Uh, beautiful creatures or Ender's Game? Oh, she was in Beautiful we're not really Creatures. Per- <laughs> yeah, we're not yeah. really talking about performance in either of these. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll be real. I haven't seen either of these, but I read the book of Ender's Game, and I liked that, so I'll go with that. I'm surprised you haven't watched that movie. It's not great, but like it because watchable. it came to us from the director of X Men Origins, Wolverine. Oh yeah, I forgot. Gavin Hood is your is your boy. Yeah, I was I was not sold, and I heard it was bad. It's whatever. Uh, uh, but 
But yeah, I'll go Ender's Game quickly because I'm indifferent to both. Steve, you have an opinion? Uh, I've seen neither. I like the Beautiful Creatures poster better. So let's go there. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, the Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby or Black Hat? God, I forgot she was in a lot of these. Yeah. Um, I don't have strong feelings about either. Uh, Black Hat because it's a Michael Mann film. Sure. Steve? Same. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go Rigby. I actually like Rigby. Black Hat, I, I haven't watched the longer Michael Mann version, like the director's cut that's supposedly good. I, I saw the one in theaters that was bad. Um, I've seen all versions of Rigby, and all versions are good. Next up, Get On Up or Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Um, I'll go Get On Up. I like them probably about equally, but that one has a bit more oomph to it. Sure. Uh, I'm going Ma Rainey's for sure. I really enjoyed that. All right. Um, I'll go Ma Rainey as well. And she has the better performance there. Um, all right. He's done this on purpose, but I'm going to flip-flop the order. Uh, next up, Fences or Doubt? Oh. Um... These are both adaptations of plays that feel very much like adaptations of plays. Um, I think she's the best part of Doubt. Uh, But, I mean, she did win that Oscar for Fences and, like, did kind of earn it. So, I'll give the slight edge to Doubt. All right. Steve? I think I would have liked Fences more on stage, but I didn't care for the film because I could not remove that from my mind uh doubt i was able to disconnect and just watch as a film so i'll go doubt they're very similar for me i'll go fences solely so it's not a sweep on movies that we didn't seem to like strongly endorse um and finally you knew this was going to happen widows or prisoners Mm. she was in prisoners my god homegirl's been in everything Listen, she she likes to work. I think she is much better and has much more to do in Widows, which is a film I really love, like seventy percent of, and then the last thirty yep. percent really kind of throws it off. Um, but I think Prisoners is a much better movie, so I'm going to go Prisoners. I'm going to go with Prisoners as well, and I'm going to. Can I throw one out there? Um, yeah. I mean, let me double check my do my. Uh, you're gonna throw one out there that she's not in. No, no, she's in. She, I have two that she's in that I want to. I, I believe right, so she's Miles, in. Suicide Squad or. <laughs> well, that's what I was gonna say. Suicide Squad or it's the not gonna suicide be Suicide Squad. squad. Nah, it's not gonna do that because that's so cut and dry. Well, well, I know. I just just gonna have fun, but yeah, that's what I was gonna do. But I was surprised he didn't, he didn't do that. I, I, I would have liked if I knowing that your feelings about the Suicide Squad are both very high. Yeah. Well, well, the. Suicide Squad feelings are high. Yes, yes. Suicide well. Squad feelings are strong. Feelings yeah. are subterranean. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I'm going Prisoners, by the way. I love Prisoners it's as a the, movie. Yeah, it's the right choice. Widows, Widows, I'm a lot closer to Miles with the like, there's some good stuff in there and some okay stuff. And then every so often there's a like, oh, no. <laughs> This went off the rails a little bit. Well, the last 15 minutes in particular are, like, downright awful, and they ruin a lot of goodwill that you had up until then. Yep. All right. Uh, Kay Flea also has a question for us that I'm just trying to 
read properly because I might I'm very tired. Um, so it's filmaholic face off. Okay, I got it. Um, Venice Golden Lion winners versus Tiff People's Choice versus Palm Door winners. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's a three way. Um, twenty twenty one happening versus Belfast versus Titan. Um, I still haven't seen Titan, but I think I'm gonna pick it sight unseen. <laughs> nice. I'm surprised you haven't watched that yet. It's it's been on my list. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Maybe it's on Hulu. It's gonna be a part of the. I'll, I'll Halloween. do it. I'll do a double feature with that and the father, and finally get caught up from last yeah. year. <laughs> I mean that, or you're gonna have to just watch it next month during the 31 Days Horror. Well, to ten, I can do that. The father, yeah, exactly. probably less so. I think that'll kill the vibe I mean, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little more so. But what I have you doing? What VHS movies, right? Or uh, I'll, I'll get, let, I'll get one of them in there. Uh, which is yeah. the one? If I had to choose one, the last one. The the was it 90, 90 something? Okay, four. The one from la- the one from last year because okay. I didn't get to see the new one yet. Yeah, do that one. Um, Steve, happening Belfast to ten. Happening, I have not seen yet. I actually have access to it. I, I have to watch that. Um, but uh, I would have said Belfast originally, but for some reason, Titan's the one I want to watch again. So let's go Titan. Fair. I'm going to go Belfast. Um, Belfast and Titan were my choices, though. 2019, Joker versus Jojo Rabbit versus Parasite. Do we all just say it at the same time? Oh, it's Parasite. Yeah, yeah, it's Parasite. Yeah, it's Parasite. But I, I really enjoyed Jojo Rabbit as well. And I enjoyed I Joker with more I, than most people do. So I'm not crazy eh. about Joker, but the other two, I think, were like in my top three of that year for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think um, mine too. Or close to it. 2018. Roma versus Green Book versus Shoplifters. Oh, dear. I haven't seen Shoplifters. And I, I feel kind of lukewarm towards roma and what was the other one yeah i'm not picking green book go shoplifters i yeah i think i've heard that shoplifters is better than what i know about the ones i have seen so shoplifters fair enough steve shoplifters by far um without endorsing anything else I got more enjoyment out of Green Book. You I would. would <laughs> Listen, Green. I had a conversation about Green Book with someone at TIFF after we saw the greatest beer run ever. I think we're also like I'm. I'm becoming like dad age. So like these these dad movies that like are meant to be watched on television while you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. Kind of working for me. <laughs> uh, next up, The Shape of Water. It's 2017 versus Three Billboards. Boards even. Three Billboards versus the square i'm tired i mean i want to know what three billbirds is about <laughs> but um i will go it's also uh, by mcdonough oddly enough oh yeah um i will go with the shape of water because that was my favorite film of last of that year but, wait what were the three i misheard shape of water yeah. three billboards the square um uh, i'm gonna go shape of water as well i'm not as high in it as miles but Mm. I I love three billboards. So I'm going to do, do that one. Not I. Fair enough. <clears throat> and 
Oh, Kayfley also said their favorite winner from each festival. Um, as a special one, we're going to do that last, though. Because yeah, there's one more for us to do. Okay. Which is the wrestler versus Eastern Promises mm-hmm. versus four months, three weeks, two days. Man, that last one just sounds like the heaviest watch I can imagine right now. It's a, it's a yeah, the Romanian movie about abortion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woof. Um, what were the first two? I'm sorry. The wrestler and Eastern Promises. Oh, Eastern Promises for sure. That's yeah, that's that's top tier Cronenberg for me. Top of top of. I'm cutting the line to say the wrestler is top tier Aronofsky, so I'm going with that. Steve? Yeah, it's a, it's between those two and. Oh, you're not leaning towards the Romanian abortion movie. No, not not today. I'm not in that you kind of movie. That, I'm not in that kind of mood tonight. Did, <laughs> the movie that Robert recently did as a Sunday Scaries installment. God damn it! And like, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's why I <laughs> followed it up with one on Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Yeah, we were we were we had a, we had abortion month here at Awards Radar. God, <sighs> let's yep. go with. Steve hasn't been on the the podcast in a while. Dead air, not good. I forgot you have to talk. Yeah, Uh, Eastern Promises. Yeah. All right, I'm going to wrestle. But it's very close. It's a flip a coin for me. I mean, Steve, it's just more work for you when you take out that pause, or or leave it in. Keep him. Well, no. Yeah, I mean that too. Steve, keep in mind. Oh, I've listened back. It's funny that you think he takes out pauses. I know. I know. He says he's gonna. But no, it's just funny. I was like, Steve, the, the more sleep you want today, the less pauses you want to have. I reduce um, them by 4%. Trust me. They're, oh, there hey, you go. There's a lot of editing. Hey, there's a lot of math going into this. All right. Before we get into Toronto, let's uh, catch up on two movies. So I, I teased Miles for a couple weeks about Barbarian. He's finally seen it. Steve has seen it. Um, Miles, did I, did I properly hype up Barbarian? That's, for me, that's one of those rare things where you can't hype it up enough. The, the left turn this movie takes about 30, 40 minutes in, and then the transition to what follows is like one of the craziest moments I've seen in a movie all year. Yeah. Did I do a good job of not telling you that's what it was? Oh, totally. Well, and it's one of those things where it's like they actually kind of tip their hand relatively early, but then they spend the rest of the movie sort of working backwards to dissect that, which makes it so much more interesting. Yeah. No, I was I was I was a massive fan of this one. I would say it's probably the most fun certainly I've had with a horror movie in years. Um yeah. and I think I think we shouldn't go too in depth with it to be honest because I kind of want this one to be there's signs that it could do well through word of mouth and I want to sort mm-hmm. of maintain suspense because this is a movie that benefits so much from knowing as little as possible going in. And also, I got to give a shout out to its trailer best trailer of the year not because it's an especially good trailer but because it does an amazing job of not telling you anything of the insanity mm-hmm. that's about to come i have to I watch the trailer now like, that I've, I've never seen the trailer it's basically trailer. like the first five minutes of the movie oh okay. yeah i i watched the trailer after having seen the movie and i i think i even when i told miles there's like two shots i don't think should have been in it but nothing that damages the the what the fuckness of it all for sure yeah and i think See, i can you, probably even think what those shots are yeah, yeah, you you would not be. But they still, even know. then, even if I like wasn't led down one path, there's a million different things it could have been. No, no, there's there's enough scenes where you're like, wait, wh- what? That you're 
you're mostly not going to have an issue there. Uh, Steve, what do you think of it? I I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was so much fun for a, you know a horror film that's kind of messed up. But I, I agree with everything you said. Um, one thing I would want to add to it without spoiling anything. I thought the cinematography and the sound design was great to set this. It just had you uneasy feeling throughout. Yeah. E- <clears throat> even early I, on when there's not much going on and you're like, it just, I, I have to watch it again to kind of take a look and was it the angles they used or what it was, but the, the way the camera kind of creeps in slowly and you're like, that's just a door. Well, and you know, then, yeah. but you're like, you're, I, I noticed my heart race, my heart was racing on these simple shots. So, you know, to do that is excellent. And to anticipate something's going to happen and still have it, um, you know, scare you, entertain you, freak you out is, uh, is a sign of a, of a well-crafted film. So as I, as I told Miles, give this guy a saw movie. Oh my God, it would be amazing. He works a lot with lo-fi. Like he does a lot with that premise. Um, well, yeah, let's, I, let's real quick, about, uh, to piggyback yeah. off that, Steve, because I had the exact same thought through, like, the opening sort of section mm-hmm. where, like, nothing overtly sinister is happening, but there's this atmosphere of dread where yes. it feels like you're you're actively looking for, like, <laughs> like, in many yeah. ways, the movie's overhyping actually works to its benefit because now you're looking like, okay, what's the thing? What's the twist on all this? Like... And it just kind of keeps going and, you, and you're more and more on edge. Mm-hmm. And also in regards to cinematography, again, without spoiling anything, there's a several different like mood shifts throughout the movie. And oh, yeah. they do a really good job of shaking up, shaping up or yeah, shaking up how they do the cinematography. And it has different styles and different choice of lenses and different like sh- editing rhythms. And the score would be different. It was really they did so much with so little. Agreed. True. We'll talk I, more I, about it. I think. Okay. You know, wrap. You can wrap up, but I think we'll just we'll talk more about it in a couple of weeks, maybe when we get into like October, and it's had its run because there's some stuff I think it'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, I'd love to see it again, going in because that's I always find that interesting to see a horror film after you've seen it and see yeah. if it still works. Because if it does, then you know that's that's when you know you have something special. But I was just going to say the cinematography and the way the camera slowly pushes in on these like you know, on, on different parts of the scene. And it's really nothing there, but it puts you in the room. And it's kind of like, as if you're analyzing it, you're standing next to these characters in the room, kind of looking around. And I think that's what it does is it makes you feel like at any moment, you know, if something happens, yeah. you're, you're going to be part of it. So <clears throat> for sure. For sure. <clears throat> Steve, you saw Blonde. We'll talk more about it next week once I once I've uh, watched it. But quickly, give us your your thoughts on Blonde before we head into Tiff Talk. Again, I enjoyed it. Um, it is not a film, though, that you enjoy. I don't think it's there's you. I appreciate what was done. Um, it's it's very it's a much darker film than I'd expected. This is no Judy or you know, any other biopic. Um, there's actually hints. I would say it's nightmarish hints. And to me, it felt almost like there's some David Lynch, um, you know, like like the moments in uh, Mulholland Drive, which become nightmarish. Same thing here. Um, and it's, but uh, Diarmas is fantastic. Um, the score grew on me. I think the first 20 minutes of the film, I was like, 
this is, I'm not going to like this. I'm not going to get anything out of this. I was like, it seemed like a big misstep. And then once you get in, I think it got better and better along the way. Uh, but it is, it is not like, hey, I'm a big Marilyn Monroe fan. I want to watch Blonde. No. Uh, if you're a big Marilyn Monroe fan, I would honestly say probably skip it. Um, because it's not a, it's not a, it's not going to make you feel good. Trust me. Um, but yeah, she's great. There's a lot to appreciate. It's it's a it's a big swing. Uh, it's very long too. It's two hours and forty six minutes. Um, <clears throat> Boy, we'll be talking about long movies today. Yeah, once you get past the first twenty minutes or so, most of the pacing is better, and it it kind of makes sense. It could be tightened up, but otherwise, uh, I didn't really you know once once I got into it, and once you get to kind of Marilyn. Uh, Norma Jean becoming Marilyn more. Um, it, I think yeah. it worked much better. But yeah, I, I would recommend it. It's, it's uh, you know, for acting, score, um, you know, there's, there's possibly editing. There's, there's quite a bit. But the fact that it's two hours and 46 minutes so makes me think it's not going to edi- win any editing awards. Yeah, yeah. Well, more to be discussed on that <clears throat> one very soon. Um, so here, I think the way we'll do our, our Toronto talk is... Each of you can take turns asking about a movie, and then I'll just fill in with the uh, the rest of them, so we can get into the ones that you guys are the most interested in. So, um, Miles, what'd you like to hear about first? Uh, did you already talk about Banshees last week? I did not, because I saw that one yesterday. Okay, then I want to know about that one. All right, um, Banshees of Inisherin. I didn't love it as much as everyone else. I like it, but it is. Uh, so this is not going to be a problem for anyone else, but oddly, it's not a great um, festival movie. And the reason I say that, it's not the world's longest movie. I think it's an hour and 50 minutes or something, like 55. Like, it's under two hours. But it's very quiet, and it's what it's doing is, like, subtle is the wrong word, but it's a, it's a giant metaphor. So forward momentum in this movie is a little hard to come by. But... You're watching it for Colin Farrell. You're watching it for Brendan Gleeson. You're watching it for Martin McDonough's sharp wit. And and that stuff is all there. It's just... It's a quieter and kind of sadder movie than I think uh, maybe some people are expecting. I don't know. I mean, you might not be. You might be expecting that. But I... It, it also, like, does the whole stops more than ends thing, which fits the metaphor. But uh, has the capacity to frustrate. There are definitely people who I know who struggle with it more than I did. But I definitely chalked myself up to it ever so slightly bouncing off of me. While still recognizing it's a good movie, it is in the top ten of things I saw at the festival. I just... It's one I'm actually curious to see again, not looking for more. You know? Like, removed from the hype, knowing that I feel this way about the movie. And then watching it again and seeing if it washes over me differently. Okay. Yeah. Certainly good. Um, I would say Colin Farrell has a very decent chance of getting nominated. That's what I've been hearing, uh, like very consistently, and the Venice thing too shouldn't be overlooked. Yeah, for sure. Him winning that prize is uh, <clears throat> not nothing. I will, I will tie into Venice. So one movie I didn't see because of what I believe was time constraints by the end of it, and also just festival exhaustion. And uh, if we're being honest, uh, Venice Buzz was the Sun, which got a very mixed response. Uh, 
most people praised uh, Hugh Jackman. Everything else it really depended on who you who you asked. So, um, you know, that was that was a film. I think we all put in there it was like, oh, it's going to be good, and it's going to be like kind of homework. Once it became like maybe it's not good, it really felt like homework. So I will be seeing that one another time. So not going to be one we talk about. Steve, so I don't recall if you end up seeing this in the end or not. Weird. Did you see that? I did not see Weird. It's the only movie okay. of the festival that sold out the piano. Well, it didn't sell out, but they filled up the press screening before I got there, and I was there fairly early. Um, there was kind of a miscommunication about where it would be. They put it in a smaller theater than I think they should have. Okay. So I did not get to see that one, but most people seem to think it was a lot of fun. Obviously not an awards movie, but a really cool way to, for most people to kick off the first night of the festival. All right, then it was the midnight movie the first night. Let's go Glass Onion. All right, Glass Onion, yeah. I So uh, Banshees came at number 10 for me of my Toronto rankings. Uh, Glass Onion. I am a little lukewarm on Lives Out. The way I've described it to people, like because trust me, Netflix asked me about this a couple times. Uh, that first movie, I spent a lot of it going, why does everyone love this movie? It's fine. And then when, he, when Benoit Blanc goes into his whole, like, spiel in the third act like piecing everything together then i was like ah i gotcha i get why this is good um this movie is uh substantially longer because it's two hours and 20 minutes long oh wow yeah it's yeah 139 minutes i believe uh, i will say though it's really good it's my third favorite film of the festival it's very different than knives out um Bigger in every way. Like the, the production design of this place is phenomenal. Also, it is easily the best COVID movie. Okay. I, they have, yeah, it takes place in two, 2020 during lockdown. Okay. Which partly explains why they would go to, you know, this thing, why they would be able, why they'd be, able, okay. So does anyone know the plot? No, I yeah. kind of don't want to. So you can tell it. I'll just take my earpiece out. Well, no, there's nothing, there's nothing beyond like that I'll say beyond like, a bunch of people have been invited to like a weekend getaway and they're friends and uh, Blanc's also been invited but he doesn't know the people so that's the the very bare bones setup but my one uh, this is this is not a spoiler it's just a funny moment like he you meet Benoit in the bathtub playing like Jackbox games and like Among Us with his celebrity friends <laughs> which I love that touch of just like what the fuck is this guy's life like when he's not <laughs> the world's most famous detective but every there's a lot of similar skills being done. Like, there's a flashback in the movie. But everything works better for me. Um, somebody, I forget who it was, but their their tweet was accurate. They're like, he built a better mousetrap. It's just everything about the movie is more satisfying for me. So I'd imagine for you guys, it'll be just as satisfying. Because I believe you both like Knives Out. Oh, lot, right? I, I really enjoyed it. Huge fan. I think it's Ryan yeah. Johnson's best film. So This might be his best film. Quick question about, you said everything's better. How about the cast? Because I thought the cast the last time around was yes. really quite good. I don't know that there's a I don't know that there's a Chris Evans, um, this time, and there's certainly not an emotional. There is actually, you know what? I, I was I'm wrong because I was about to say there's not an emotional uh, like center point in the same way, like on the armrest, but there is. So, last time I kind of felt like on the armrest, Daniel Craig, Chris Evans with the highlights, right? Fair. Uh, I like Michael Shannon as well. But yeah. Okay. 
Well, I mean, this will be similar in that, but I think like Daniel Craig is great. Um, Edward Norton is great playing like fast talking asshole. And mm-hmm. then I think your mileage varies. Um, no one's bad, but like Jan- Janelle Monet is closer to the Yana de Armas. Like if you're going to have an investment in a character. Okay. Um, Cause Kate that's Hudson what I was like, about to ask. Cause I, for me, de Armas is the standout of that first one. Oh yeah, mile. definitely. Janelle Monet is the closest thing to that type of character in this. Um, okay. But with an interesting twist on it. Um, so like, Essentially, the people that he... So they're, they're just even bigger assholes this time is part of the thing of it. So uh, Edward Norton is like a... He's a billionaire tech guy. He could be, you know, he could be a, a, a pick-your person, a Bezos, a, an Elon Musk, that kind of guy. Um, Batista's playing a men's rights activist, oh. <laughs> which is great. Uh, Leslie Odom is uh, Edward Norton's like scientist guy. Janelle Monet was the former partner of Edward Norton. Kate Hudson's a spacey, like, she used to be a supermodel, and now she's a uh, fashion designer. Oh, she sounds like but, the Tony Collette equivalent. Like, to another level, like, they're all in hot water for one reason or another. That's part of, like, the twists that happen. But she's in trouble because she makes um, sweatpants. And she didn't realize that a sweatshop is a sweatshop. Oh. Like, she thought it was where you make sweatpants. <laughs> um, and, like, Catherine Hahn is a, like, disruptor governor. She's, like, the governor of Connecticut. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I like just that sweatpants joke, you know. It, it, it's it's why I wanted to go see this. I love, that's what I liked about the oh, first, yeah. is how clever it You're was. You're going to laugh at, like, the use of the word fiddlesticks. Okay. Like, it's so well done. I can't uh, wait. Yeah, less said about it, the better, just because you will enjoy it. So, besides um, Glass Onion, was there one film that stood out as the biggest surprise? Um, yes. You know what another surprise was? The Inspection. Which is the closing film of New York. Um, and always kind of struck me as weird that it was going to be such a small movie. So, having seen it, it's a, it's a pretty damn good movie. Um, Elegance Bratton directed it. It's Jeremy Pope, a stage actor. It's a, uh, a young gay black man joining the Marines. Basically because his mother has rejected him. He's trying to win her respect. The uh, you know fellow Marines are not thrilled. Um, Gabrielle Union is the mother. And Bokeem Woodmine is the drill sergeant. You're like, I'm going to break you guys. Okay. And it's, it's not like... Also, Raul Castillo, if you know from... Um, what am I thinking? He's in... He was in Knives Out, and like Army of the Dead, he's in Hustle. Uh, he was in Cha Cha. He's the he's the husband, I think. Oh, in no, Cha Cha, or the fiance or whatever. He's the yeah, he's in he's in Cha Cha real smooth. He's in. I, uh, I I know him, but I can't put a face on him. I know like his thing was We the Animals was like the the one that like put him on people's radar. Like you'll recognize him. Sure, he plays another drill sergeant who's kinder to him. Okay, so there's a little bit of interesting stuff going on, but it's a. It feels very lived in. It's also like 80, 90 minutes. So I, I was surprised how compelled I was by that. It was it was well done for being a version of a story we have heard many a time before. That one that one was a big surprise for me good. in a good way. Nice to hear. Um, one that didn't meet my expectations, expectations the menu. I, I was very excited for the menu, and I found it a little boring. Oh, that's a and shame. Part, 
So it's like an hour 45. It's not a super long movie. But, you know, part of the, the, the hook there is in the trailer is like, what, what, what the hell is going on at this restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they tell you what's going on pretty early. And then there's a lot of waiting. There's, it, it's, it's very oddly stationary after a pretty good first act of, like, building tension. Um, I won't say what they're up to just because, you know, you deserve to see it for it yourself. Mm-hmm. But it has, a, it has a very, like, Adam McKay sense of humor. He produced it, so, like, not super surprising. But it just never builds on the potential that I feel like it has. Because it should be this really satirical, you know, movie that has a lot of targets could be hitting and it kind of skirts over them. I don't know. There, there's little bits that I find very funny. They like every time a new course comes up, they put it on the screen as if you're watching kind of more of like a Food Network show. And and especially given what's going on at some times during that, it's it's a it's an amusing choice, especially with one particular item of food. But it's it felt like a missed opportunity. To all right, one more quick question about festivals. So I've sure. yet to go to a, a straight-up film festival, at least as you know, as press and covering. If you're asking uh, me to go. We can just talk about it off air. Please can no, no. Okay. My question is, okay. how does your stamina, your film watching stamina, and fatigue factor in while you're watching? Because if you're seeing four or five films in a day, and you already had a long day the day before, does the adrenaline kick in and keep you? You know, excited and ready to watch, or do you notice like, well, I saw that one late at night, and I'd already been watching, you know, twelve hours of films it before this. Depends on the movie. So there are ones that I I definitely had like no chance of going to late at night because they'll do midnight stuff. But then there was premieres that would happen. So that that's the other thing. You kind of have to get to these movies at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um. Otherwise, you're you're not in like the conversation, which is not really how I want to say it. But, like, so for example, the Fablemans we'll talk about in a little bit was a, a movie I was watching after a long day, but it unsurprisingly I think held me. Whereas, Devotion, The Good Nurse, um, The Woman King, even these are movies I watched in the evening after a full day, and and I think they. I don't think they're better movies without that, but you do start to be like, come on, guys, let's move this along a little bit. I know you've been doing this a little faster. Uh, yeah, there. I think knowing your limits and knowing your screening options, like I, I could have seen Pearl at midnight one night, and I'm glad I didn't because I, I just was out. Because there's part, you have to, at a film festival, mix and match between going to the movies that you're, spending time and money to go see and going to the parties where you're going to, you know, mingle and interact and, and eat. So like, you know, there were days I wasn't getting back to my room until like two o'clock in the morning and add another movie on that to write about, you know, you can, you can end up with two hours of sleep. And that was kind of what I was doing a lot. So yeah, you don't, you, you want to be fair to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Cause also, I, I know I when I, when I cover like uh, comic con, I am there from 10 a.m. until 5 or 7 p.m., whatever it is. And it's literally panel to panel, red carpet, every, you know, nonstop. And you'd think you're going to wear out, but I am, you know, my adrenaline must kick in. I get home and I'm completely, I pass out. I sit down on the couch and I'm asleep in a minute. But that energy and the passion for the content and all, you know, and everything that's going on 
is is riding so high. That's what I was just wondering because it seems it's yeah. it's tough. I I've been trying to watch the second half of a TV episode for about literally a week, and my wife said, "You're watching this again?" I'm like, "I've been so busy and and you know with Emmys and everything else, running at uh, 110 miles an hour that." As soon as I sit down and my brain tries to switch to entertainment, I'm like, and I, I shut down. So I'm just curious yeah. how you keep oh, it yeah. going like, through the, throughout the whole, you know, several day a festival. Tim, a lot of Tim Hortons coffee. Yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> so yeah, uh, in 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 no way is that like complaints about them, but it's just you know, no, it can be a thing. Uh, no. Miles, you want to pick another movie? Uh, yeah, let's talk about Woman King since it's coming out this week. Yes, um, it's a Hollywood movie. I think that is an important distinction they're going in. It is a well-done sword and sandal type like action epic. And and so I was at a breakfast that morning with um, Gina Prince-Blythewood, the director, one of the producers, and uh, interestingly enough, the president of TriStar Pictures, which was an interesting like, oh, that's who I'm talking to. I went, oh, you're very important. And, and she laughed. But it's meant to be a big movie you know, a historical drama action film. It's not meant to play like uh, like an art house movie. This, they, they're they hoping to make money off this. It's it's solid. It's entertaining. Um, it just doesn't have that extra, like, oomph that would set apart one of these movies, if that makes sense. Like, like you know, like, Gladiator seemed to, like, do that for people, but Kingdom of Heaven didn't. Sure. You know, like for, for, and it doesn't have that Oscar X factor that kind of makes it rise above. Totally. If this was... If this was not Viola Davis, if this was a one-stage-down actress, let's say, I don't think anyone would think anything of it in terms of rewards. I think she might be in play because she's she's getting to be that, that you know, I don't want to say, like, Hollywood royalty or elder stateswoman or anything like that, but, like, a respected actress who, when she makes something, people pay attention to. And, you know, the, the supporting cast is solid, but it is it is a, you know, fairly simple, like, this is the the female warriors uh, of this African kingdom. There's a slave trade going on. They want to fight against it. This is what happened. Here's a story you've never heard before. Uh, couched in a story you definitely have heard before. So it's well done. Very, very little in the way of complaints about it. Just, you know, felt like going to the movies and watching a movie as opposed to like a capital F film at a film festival. Which, honestly, glad I had that. But it's, it's closer to a change of pace thing than a give it all the prizes. Yeah. Steve? Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm not. I'm guessing you saw the Fablemans, right? You did see that. I did. That was that was my favorite film of the festival. Okay. Um, so I will preface by saying. Oh yeah, you said that. Sorry, I'm getting. I'm the movies pretty tired. Under, so the movie's two and a half hours long. So it's long, and I will just give you both advice that the first ten or fifteen minutes, you may struggle with. Just get through it. Like, I liked the first 10 or 15 minutes, but I a lot of people were saying, and maybe it was because it started late, it was, you know, all the buzz, like, it starts very quietly. And I think it might threaten to lose you, but once it grabs you, whatever scene it is that grabs you, it does not let you go. It's one of his funniest movies, also. It's okay. just, it's Spielberg doing therapy, like, he's just, like, pouring, like, what he thinks is important about the power of the movies essentially into this film because it's it's a little bit different than you've heard like you know the we really only heard like oh it's 
it's you know not spielberg but you know growing up in like arizona you know learning about how to be a director and like his family it has a lot to do with like his parents divorcing like slowly divorcing which is not a surprise like it's kind of we 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 are aware from his films that he has an issue with absentee parents right sure but Mm -hmm. that's not the focus of the movie interestingly enough like that's one of those things like it'll get there but the easiest way to kind of sum it up is like as the parental unit is slowly falling apart he's realizing that when you know that the movies can be there it's it sounds hacky and almost like really that's what this movie's about but you gotta remember that it's steven spielberg doing it what um, surprises me is the like you said it's what his funniest film because when you think back you know his films have humor but I can't think of what his other next funniest film would be. Like, yeah. so to hear it constantly it's probably like here, one of the Indiana Jones films or something like that. They have like a lot of like yeah. gags. Yeah, no, this, this, this definitely is a drama, but it's like close to a dramedy. I it's, it's very amusing. I, I'm, um, it, it makes me more excited to see it because it, you know, based on what you're hearing, there's a lot of like comparisons to this year's Belfast, which, you know, which is a lazy comparison. But yeah, I, well, that's what I was going to say, which on the surface, that's what it seems like it could be. But from what I'm hearing, it doesn't really sound like that, which is yeah. more uh, enticing because I want something fresh. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Cast is great. Gabriel LaBelle is a discovery. Feels like you're watching Steven Spielberg. Which is a very interesting, subtle, because, like, we don't, you know, we've all seen him, like, do things. But I don't know that you know, like, what the Steven Spielberg walk and talk and personality is like, per se. But it feels like it's captured here. Michelle Williams is great. Um, she she will probably win the Oscar. Um, it's not one of her all-time best performances or anything like that. But, boy, is there a narrative there, huh? Sure. She's due and she's playing the mother of, of the greatest filmmaker of all time to some. Um, Paul Dano. Is not going to get the credit he deserves. He might get nominated. I don't think he's going to win. But he basically plays a decent human being, which is not showy. Like you know, he could be like a character that that wouldn't be as subtle because you know he he's the one who's like, oh, you're 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 directing a hobby. You should, you, you know, he's he's a he's a computer guy. Like he wants to know how things work, um, especially even when like his marriage is falling apart whereas Paul Dano plays it as just this like kind human being who's still thinking of them even while things are not going well for him it's very subtle but it is good uh, Rogan's fine he's not as as huge a factor as I think we thought his character plays a huge narrative factor performance wise he's good um, the supporting actor to watch out for besides those besides Dano and uh, Williams is Judd Hirsch as his uh, uncle he has basically two scenes but one of them is this long monologue about like acting being being in show business because he was a circus performer and it's the most like aggressive but also funny but also like this is a a a jewish elder statesman like it, it hits so many things and when he says goodbye in the next scene the audience broke into spontaneous applause so like i think you gotta watch out for judd hirsch I, I do have Judd Hirsch, right? Uh, yeah, I told you to take him earlier. Yeah, I met him recently, and uh, he's a pleasure to speak with. So I'm glad I made that decision on my own. 
for sure. Movie's great. Movie could easily <laughs> win Best Picture. It also is super early, so that's not necessarily what we have to worry about. Well, so on that note, real quick question. What, if anything, are the potential surprises that you see? Or not surprises, but the spoilers. If that's right now the number one or the consensus at very close to number one, is there anything that hasn't shown up yet or been screened yet that you think could surprise and work its way up to number I mean, one? Honestly, we're it, the big thing that hasn't screened yet, besides you know the likes of like she said, is uh, Babylon, which got a trailer, which more closely resembles the script I read than I was expecting. That movie's gonna be wild, but. I think kind of our stage is set. It's just where these films shake out. Uh, yeah, there's not so as than... many blind spots as there would normally be this time of the year. I really think it's no. just that and Avatar. Yeah. So here, I'll, I'm going to end, you know, maybe Wakanda forever. Sure. Yeah, I'll go through the things that I saw that we have at least something to say about. Um, Triangle of Sadness, I didn't care for. I've, hint, I've talked about that a little bit on the last couple of weeks. I seem to be in, in the minority, but also there's a segment of people it's not working for. It's just not for me. Uh, two little movies I saw. Um, one was called Moving On, which is Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. It's, it's basically four people of note. And then the, the men in the movie are Malcolm McDowell and Richard Roundtree. Shaft is in this movie. Wow. Uh, and it's Paul White's, you know, about a boy. The Grace and Frankie reunion. It's basically uh, Jane Fonda, one of her old friends dies. She goes to the funeral sees her other old friend Lily Tomlin and goes up to the you know the widowed husband Malcolm McDowell and says I'm gonna murder you oh and Lily Tomlin's like I'll help because that guy uh, wronged them decades before it's it's a mix of like comedy and like drama it's very very hard tunnel shifts um, without getting too much into it the thing that the reason she's been aggrieved is so serious and not funny that the scenes about them like trying to get a gun and, and, and kind of bumbling around that are out of place. Like mild thumbs up, but it's a it's a plain movie if that helps. Like I wouldn't go out of your way for this one. Fair the other enough. one I was gonna Yeah, it's fine. Like if you stumble upon it, you'd probably enjoy it. Um the other one that I don't have too much to say about it, but I'm surprised people love it as much as they do is Living. Which, granted, is a remake of a of a better movie, let's say. Um, Bill Nye is great in this movie, though. But it is about as prim and proper and, and you know stiff upper lip as it gets. And I know that's the intent, but an hour and forty two minutes of that, I really appreciated Bill Nye. It looks very nice. The score is very nice, but it is a. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get why everyone loves it. Uh, I spoke about After Sun, the Telluride. I will say, um, Miles and Steve, if you ever do see After Sun, I'm very curious what you think because the concept is amazing. The movie's fine, but the idea of like a grown, uh, you know, a a grown adult thinking about their like teenage trip with their father, trying to figure out who their dad was through these like memories of a vacation. Okay. It's a great concept. It's The movie's kind of too quiet for the, the concept, but there's an idea there for an amazing movie. Um, other things that I saw. The Greatest Beer Run Ever. <laughs> Peter Farrelly has a type of movie he makes. He simplifies, simplifies complex issues and makes a movie that 
everyone's parents will like. It's pleasant. It's actively a pleasant movie. Uh, I don't think it's anything more than that. So I wouldn't worry too much about like predictions for this one. Just a like it's a solid cable movie. Yeah, that's about what I was expecting. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, well, the title this doesn't this sound that promising. So, it's... well, no, it's it, like it's more serious than you think it is, but it's not prestige fair beyond the people involved. Uh, Miles, this one's for you. I I went out of my way to make sure I saw Pearl, and it's very fucking weird. <laughs> uh, so if if X was Texas Chainsaw Massacre in broad strokes, right? Yeah. Um, Pearl is a John Waters movie. Oh, fascinating. Okay. First of all, it's in Technicolor, so that's kind of cool. I love um, that. So one complaint, not really a huge deal beyond the like it's a me thing um she's very cruel to animals in this movie and that bugged me a little bit mm. but it, it is very much a slow like it, it kind of plays oh you're gonna see it like what tomorrow essentially uh i'm actually probably gonna prioritize woman king this weekend but i'll definitely see it before the next episode okay um tell me if you think you have uh, like joker vibes um in very broad strokes, sure. Yeah, Although yeah. I'd say this one looks more interesting. Yeah, no, it's it's wildly interesting. Um, I, it's you know what? We'll talk more about it next week because you'll have seen it. Because it's hard to talk in broad strokes, and Steve still hasn't seen X. I will say my favorite part of this movie, which I'll get, I'm I'm going to review it for Sunday Scaries. Um, is stay after the credits so you get the teaser announcement of the next film in the trill in the now trilogy. Boy, do I want to see Maxine. Oh, that man. movie, that sounds perfect. Like the 80s LA porn world set horror film. Yeah, I'm in. I just love that, like, this thing has kind of become like, it went from, like, you know, a kind of unique curiosity horror film in the spring to, like, an overnight slasher trilogy in less than a year. That's kind of phenomenal. And all three movies are wildly different from each other. Exactly, which makes it That's so cool. much more interesting, I think. Yep. So now we're into films within my top ten. Um, already talked about Empire of Light. Already talked about Women Talking. They're both very good. Um, Women Talking got a good response at Tell at TIFF. Empire of Light, I didn't hear many people talk much about. So I think that bubble might have burst a little bit. But don't don't count that one out because it's it's going to be the BAFTA movie, I think, of the group. I can see that for sure. Moment. Um, here's a movie that was pretty good. Here's a movie that was better than I was expecting. This this sp- speaks to what Steve was talking about. Causeway, the Jennifer Lawrence movie that A24 kind of dumped to Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very nice movie. It's it's largely her and Brian Tyree Henry, which, hard to argue. It plays, it plays very much like a movie Jennifer Lawrence would have made right around the time of Winter's Bone. Sure, that's the vibe I've been getting from it. Yeah, not very, very like novelistic, like just spending time with two characters. Um, she's dealing with uh, a traumatic brain injury and PTSD. He's a, a mechanic. He's missing a leg. So they're both, you know, they both wear their scars differently type movie. Uh, not a romance. So don't worry about that part. Not that you're worried, but like that's not the movie you're watching. But it's very observational and, and there's no big, big scene of like, I have to like yell how unfair it is. Not that movie. 
Um, so probably too small to do anything, but I will say they're both very, very good in that movie. They, they probably will make my, at least honorable mentions when I do my like little awards thing. Very good. Another movie better than I expected, The Good Nurse. Not amazing, but, you know, if you want to watch a serial killer like drama on Netflix, solid. She's good. Um, Eddie Redmayne's doing a thing. It's not going to be as divisive as like Jared Leto when he does a thing, but he's definitely putting on a performance that will be divisive. But it's a, it's an interesting murder mystery in that we pretty clearly know that he did it, and it's just how do you, how do you catch a guy? So do you know anything about this? I know the broad strokes. I'll, I'll be real though; I'm not super interested because I don't especially like Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's not. He's he's more. I would say he's more supporting. It's it's definitely through her eyes. You know what the the best part of the movie, as much as like Jessica Chastain is the is the, the selling point and like you know Redmayne has his has his fans, the procedural aspect, the detective, which is Noah Emmerich, which always happy to see him, and Nan, uh, Namdi uh, Asamoa, who's was a football player, um, he's been in a lot of indie stuff and is a pretty good actor at this point. Their investigation is pretty pretty compelling because it plays like a poor man's Fincher in that way. Okay. Or maybe I'm also just thinking that because like Kim Dickens is in it. Like there's little bits. Because he's apparently been doing this at several hospitals and they just kind of shuttle him around and don't uh, take any responsibility. And they're like, well, how do we how do we prosecute and catch a guy when like the company he works for and is like doing bad things for him just like hides him essentially. It's nothing is like too in-depth, but it it it, it, it does what you want it to do. I think lower expectations helped me with that one. Fair um, enough. Devotion, rock solid, like military biopic. If it's hurt by one thing, it's that I, we already have Top Gun, Top Gun. So, how many airplane movies do we need? But Glenn Powell, Jonathan Majors, they're very good. Um, Thomas Sadowski as like their like commanding officer is very good. Very old fashioned. Very old fashioned movie. Looks great in IMAX. You know. Again, your your dad will love it. Fair enough. I'm looking forward yeah, to no, that one. Yeah, no, it's it, that's a that's a like see it on a big screen. You'll enjoy it. Does it feel like any kind of Oscar movie? I mean, maybe if it does well. If it does well in that like kind of hidden figures way, where we didn't assume hidden figures was a thing until it was profitable, and then sure. it started to get the legitimacy of oh well, maybe this is like one of those crowd pleaser potential nominees. And then it, it, you know, it, it built from there. I think there's a world in which that happens. I mean, Sony is trying to do that with Woman King and Devotion, so we'll see. Um, so the other two movies that I want to talk about, I'm saving one for last, which will, you, you've gathered by now. The other I one I talk about is Bros. Bros is a lot of fun. It's really funny. Uh, not anything more than like a you know an Apatow produced uh, raunchy rom com, but. The cultural specificity of it all is a really good secret sauce. You know, like we don't get, they don't tend to do this type of movie while being specific. You know, the, the, the raunchy comedy tends to be as broad as possible. Right. Even rom-coms, you know, like Crazy Rich Asians, obviously with the exception, but you don't really have a ton of that. And I mean, you don't really have a ton of, you know, front and center mainstream LGBT movies anyway. Like Fire Island was this year, and that was just vanished to Hulu, right? 
Yeah, I barely heard anything about it. Yeah, no, this is a 3,000 theater movie. And is a riot. It's really good. I, I'm very curious to have you guys watch it, just because it's, it's just fun. That's probably the most fun I had at the, at the theater in Toronto. Yeah, I heard a lot of surprisingly strong responses to it. The yeah, fact no, that people it, are talking I, about it is, is kind of a big deal, because being a, a rom-com... You know, you don't think you're going to hear much out of a film festival when you have all these prestige films. So, to, to well, the you know, what what rom com are you going to talk about a year after it opens, two years after it opens, ten years after it opens? They don't happen that often. I don't know if this is going to be the one, but it has the like cultural specificity of it all that it won't go away. I think this is actually what I was talking about when I was talking to I went to the party for this movie and Seth Rogen was there because go figure he knows. He knows the people who made the movie. And he was actually talking about that, saying, you know, like, movies don't aren't always just movies anymore. He was saying, like, you know, he watched a lot of things at home in the last couple of years. He's like, you know, they were 90 minutes long and they told me it was a movie, but I, I don't know if that was a movie. Which is kind of funny coming from him because I mentioned to him, like, didn't you have that happen with American Pickle? He went, yeah, we made that as a movie. And then uh, HBO Max deleted it. Yeah, that's fucked up. Oh, he actually, I think his follow-up was, yeah, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> like, he did the laugh. It was very, it was, we had a, uh, it was Eric Davis and I, um, of Fandango. We had a, like, half-hour conversation with him. It was, it was very satisfying, because he was, I won't say what we talked about, because he was very honest, but, boy, that was refreshing. Love when that happens. Few and far between, but still. All right, last but not least, The Whale. Whale? Oh, boy. Oh boy! Uh, oh, it, it it wrecked me. So, it actually, I like I I like it a lot. It wasn't until towards the end that I finally loved it, because it's very stagey, and and a lot of times that can be a criticism. This is a rare op- uh, situation where I think it's to its benefit because it is so determined to keep you in the space. That it, 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 I don't know that it would have worked with the, you know, we're adapting a stage thing, so they have to go outside more. You know, well, Miles, you saw the play. I assume. You know, oh, yeah. The, pl- the play they, le- the play never leaves his living room. Yeah, they go. They just come in and out of the door. Right. That's just exactly. Yeah. They, they do that here. Like he is. Aronofsky leans into that. And I kind of liked it for like the the whole like. He's a recluse. He's not going out. Like, that is what he sees. Um, Fred and Frazier is amazing in this movie. They they hold back a little bit showing you him in the full way, like, until he, like, basically has to get up to go to the bathroom. And it's it's a lot. Like, I understand why they're trying not to show you images out of context. But, boy, how often did the, on the, on, in the play, did the guy get out of the, off the, ch- the couch? Uh, from memory... There's like one kind of major incident that happens throughout and then there's, you know, not wanting to give too much away. But honestly, no more than like once or twice. Yeah, there's a, there's more of that. Like he goes to the bathroom. There's there's a bedroom that he, he goes to at one point. You know what I'm talking about, I assume there. Yes. Um, there's a I don't know if the play has it. I assume it does. But from what I understand, this is a very faithful movie. There's a like a binge eating sequence. 
Mm-hmm. Um, those are, are have him moving about the property a little bit more, but there it's very stagey. Um, Hong Chao is fantastic as his friend slash caretaker. Um, she's she she definitely is kind of the one who reveals information more than the other characters, but it's done in a way that I, I appreciated. Um, Samantha Morton is very good, smaller part. Ty Simpkins, I think, could be the thing that's a little could go either way for people. The he's basically just hovering about, um, but there's there's a reason, and he's good. Sadie Sink is pretty good as well. Actually, very good. She has a she's the meanest character, which is this is the thing. So I don't know if you guys have, have seen the reactions, but there's a segment of people who are like, it's a movie that hates fat people and it's mean to yeah. everyone. Like, I don't think it is, but so you know how like. Requiem for a Dream is incredibly cruel to its characters, but also has empathy for them. Yeah. This one does too, but it de- it, it sort of like demands that you have empathy in a way that's very aggressive. Sure. So I so I, I don't I don't reject anyone's take on it because also, you know, it's speaking the body issues and like we don't know how people feel about themselves and and if you have that, you're totally entitled to I can see this bouncing off people in a very visceral way, but I, I responded very strongly to this idea of like this this incredibly kind but flawed human being is is treated poorly by everyone. I mean, even Hong Chao is his friend. You know, she makes jokes at his expense. Expense. His daughter is like vicious to him. Um, you know, there there's a lot of that going on. But because the movie is so determined to tell you that you need to have empathy for others. It's a it's a weird feeling I think it can leave people with, but it worked for me. It worked especially as it was wrapping up, um, when more reveals are happening. I'm sure Miles probably knows what I'm talking about. Sadie Sink yep. has a line in, at the end that is a just a it's a, it's one word, but it it shattered me because of how what how it compares to what's come before. Um, it is amazing. I do think it will probably win Best Actor and Best Makeup. Um, everything else. It's such a hard set, I don't know. But I, I, I it, it definitely lived up to the hype while being a different and perhaps more austere movie than I was expecting. So that was, that was movie-wise my tiff. Now, yeah, let's wrap up with, Miles, you, you, you did some Oscar predictions, so let's, let's talk about them. I'm, I'm doing, I'm going to update mine this week. Like, I need to, I need to sleep on them a little bit, but I am curious where you're at compared to where I'm at. I'll talk about what I'm thinking of doing and Steve chime in however you see fit. And then we will call it a show. Right. So, I mean, you know, anyone who's been listening to the show long enough knows I have a great disdain for year in advance predictions when we don't know enough about the films or even what's coming out. And the example I always go to is how can you, you know, predict the editing of a film that hasn't been edited yet? Um, so, but now that we have a much better sense of what is and isn't coming out, and we've had these three festivals to really get a good sense of sort of, not even necessarily how voters will think, but just how people are reacting to them in general, we have a lot more information to work with. So now is around the time of year where I generally like to do my first round. Um, I don't know how you want me to do this. I've done everything except for the shorts, uh, international and documentary, because I just don't know enough about any of them. Oh, and song I haven't done, but right, everything so else start, I've got let's start something. From, oh, let's go from score and go up. 
Okay. So, so what you got? So best original score. So what I've done is just for most of the categories, I've just done 10 picks, sort of increasing order of likelihood. Uh, I did sure. 20 with picture. So I'll just run from like lowest to highest that I have for each one. Okay. Uh, so for best original score, starting from 10 and working down, I have Avatar, Blonde, The Fablemans, The Woman King, The Whale, Banshees of Inisherin, uh, The Batman, Black Panther, Babylon, and uh, at the top I have Tar. Yeah, um, I would say Fablemans is safe. It's a John Williams score, or at least in good play. Um, very piano-centric and, and kind of like light and emotional. Babylon, I think, until proven otherwise, they are they are almost always in. Tar is so central to the movie that's hard to not have it in. Um, and then a lot will just depend on how things go. You know, it's one that has a shot as the whale. Yeah, um, that's what I've heard. It's it's so omnipresent and and even I think bugs some people because it is like kind of pulling at your heartstrings sometimes. But I think that'll be catnip for the academy. Sure. All right. Um, visual effects. Visual effects. So again, starting from ten going down or up in terms of likelihood. Uh, Elvis. Everything everywhere all at once. Thor. Nope. Jurassic World Dominion, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Top Gun, The Batman, and Avatar. Yeah, I mean, more or less what we're what we're dealing with. Fantastic Beasts, unfortunately, probably hanging around. Yeah, that one's just. I don't think anyone's going to be talking about it. Yeah, it's gonna make it's gonna make like round two out of nowhere, and we're like, oh shit. I uh, I, I still want... don't think it makes the finals. Just yeah. A lot of other it, things would have to face plant. Yeah, yeah. Re, uh, go through the rest of the tech categories, and then we'll we'll do more discussions with the bigger the bigger fields. Sure. So uh, next up is sound, I believe. Yes. Um, I have again going down. Uh, Northman, Black Panther, Everything Everywhere, Tar, Elvis, Avatar, Nope, Babylon, The Batman, Top Gun. Sure. Makeup. Uh, makeup. Amsterdam. Everything Everywhere. Babylon. Avatar. Thor. Black Panther. Elvis, Blonde, The Batman, and The Whale. I agree. I think it looks like it's going to win out front. Yeah, I would be very surprised if The Whale doesn't win, just because it is... It's so, well, and it's so central to the whole you know concept of the movie. I would be shocked. Yeah, every discussion about the movie will talk about the makeup. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's going to happen. It'll happen. Uh, editing. Uh, the Whale, Amsterdam, Woman King, Fablemans, She Said... Tar, Elvis, Top Gun, Babylon, and I have everything everywhere right at front, because that's definitely, <laughs> if nothing else, going to be the most editing of the year. Sure, sure. I, I think it could get nominated. I'm, I'm a little more skeptical on those below-the-line wins for that movie still, but... That's we'll fair. I, well, I, I probably tend to agree, but that's the one, if I was going to pick one below the line, that I think it may have a better chance. Sure. Costumes. Uh, Empire of Light, Don't Worry Darling, Amsterdam, Amsterdam even, uh, Babylon, The Batman, Blonde, Glass Onion, Woman King, Women Talking, Elvis. Sure. I mean, it's not the shape of it to be a super excited costume race just yet, but could yeah, change. Yeah, could wait. I have to wait and see on that. Yeah. Cinematography. Blonde, Elvis, The Batman, Top Gun, Tar. The Woman King, Babylon, Fablemans, Avatar, and Empire of Light. The one I think you're missing is Bardo. 
Oh, really? You think that's still good? I, I don't know. It's yeah. hard for me not to write off Bardo completely after some of those reactions. I talked to you guys offline, and I and I think they are going to hopefully – I don't know about hopefully, but I think the smart pivot for Netflix is to make Bardo into Cold War and look for director, look for cinematography, look for international feature. Okay, that's, fair enough. That's the smart play. Because honestly, quickly about this. If Netflix is going to have a best picture player, they're either going to have to do a lot of work with white noise to get people on board with that more, or they're going to have to talk the Academy into voting for a sequel and getting Knives Out in. And that's going to be fascinating. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Yeah. Well, although I've heard a lot about uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, that that might be like a surprise ace in the hole. Yeah, I think I think that one, they're glad it got a good response because they can choose to pivot to that more. But Mm -hmm. no one's really seen it like a very select few people have seen it in that it was just playing at the same time as like here. I will tell you, I could have seen it. I think I I don't know if I could have seen it. Tell you, I definitely could have seen it at Toronto yesterday. But that means I would not have been able to see any other movie. It would have conflicted with Banshees, The Sun, A Jazz Man's Blues, which, by the way, I didn't see but heard was not amazing. VHS 99 and Pearl. Oh, wow. It was not happening. Also, I didn't see, but I uh, I know as a movie, Miles is very eager to see. I didn't see Wendell and Wild, but I know people liked it. Yeah, I heard mostly positive things. Well, I'll even talk about it in a minute. Yep, yep. All right. You can do production design now. Uh, Everything Everywhere, Amsterdam, The Whale, Glass Onion, Women Talking, Empire of Light, The Fablemans, Elvis, The Woman King, Babylon. Sure. Why not? Steve, anything below the line striking you or just kind of a mush right now still? Sounds sounds good to me. All right. Animated. Uh, the Bob's Burgers movie, Puss in Boots, The Sea Beast, Apollo 10 and a half, Lightyear, I've got Marcel the Shell there for now, although I'm not convinced it'll stick around as far as qualification. But if it does, yeah. that'll be awesome. Uh, Pinocchio, specifically the Guillermo del Toro version. You mean which, only the, that one? Yeah, well, yeah. it's it's obnoxious that you should have to specify, but apparently we got three Pinocchio movies this year. Yeah. Uh, Strange World, Turning Red, and I've got Wendell and Wild up front, but I know nice. I'm a little biased there. Yeah, I mean, we're mostly talking about the same films um time will tell it seems like a very quiet animated race yeah there's nothing that i get any kind of sense of being a big front runner because honestly pixar's two were kind of muted this year i like both of them but neither of them had that like oh this is winning yeah it's gonna be like previous ones have yeah it's 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 gonna either one of them can win but it's gonna be an unexciting win for them well, exactly. Nobody's going to be like, like, I like Lightyear quite a lot, but I don't feel like yeah. anyone's going to be like, fuck yeah, Lightyear one. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think, I think if uh, like Apollo 10 and a half was going to do it, they would have been tilling the soil a little bit more than they are already. Like, especially to get Richard Linkletter his first Oscar. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah. Go figure. Uh, adapted screenplay, which uh, is, or do you want to do original first? Or I got either. Uh, let's do adapted first. Um, it's I, you, you found twenty. I found ten. Yeah, I was about to say because I, I got the twenty, but it was rough. 
Well, and the, the bottom three, honestly, are not ones I think are looking very good at this point, but... Sure, go ahead. Uh, so, Devotion, White Noise, mm-hmm. The Sun, uh, Blonde, Bones and All, Living, She Said, Glass Onion, The Whale, Women Talking. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have to fix mine because I think I, I don't... I think I have Whale still in original for some reason. I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, it, once you get... <clears throat> past a couple you're you're struggling i i would say uh beer run is probably somewhere in play just because of the the nature of the uh the quote-unquote pedigree exactly the fact that he won yeah this category. no no i mean totally um, well it's like talking about todd phillips's quote-unquote pedigree it exists but should it you make a cogent point um original uh, Babylon, Empire of Light, Nope, Triangle of Sadness, The Woman King, Amsterdam, Tar, Banshees of Inisherin, Fablemans, Everything Everywhere. Yeah, more or less. I would say uh, Armageddon Time is on the fringe there also. Yeah, I did consider that one. I'll probably end up moving it in in due time. Yeah, and they may also just ignore that one. But there's a shot. Yeah, that one's a real hard one to get a read on because the people who Almost like everyone it seem to it like it. it. But, but I haven't no heard wants, the, like, no one has the raves rates. about it. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, if we're being honest, like, Fableman's is going to take up a lot of that oxygen. Well, and that's just it. Well, I feel like Fableman's Empire of Light and Armageddon Time are all in this nebulous space where they're probably too similar for all of them to get in. And if people are only going to choose one movie like that, it's going to be the Fableman's. 100%. We'll see. Supporting actress. Uh, so I have Nina Haas for Tar. Gene mm-hmm. Smart for Babylon. Sure. Zoe Kazan for She Said. Mm-hmm. Hong Chow for The Whale. Uh, I've written Mary here, but Carrie Condon for Banshees. Okay. Jesse Buckley for Women Talking. Lashana Lynch for The Woman King. Claire Foy for Women Talking. Sadie Sink for The Whale. And Michelle Williams for Fablemans. Yeah. Those are that's a that's a solid uh, thing. I would say Anne Hathaway Armageddon Time is not like out of the running. Okay, um, it's possible Margot Robbie ends up supporting for Amsterdam. I don't know how they're going to handle that. Well, I have so I do have when we get to actress. I have my thoughts on how they're going to handle Margot Robbie this year. Okay, you can save that. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. It's a top heavy. Supporting act until they, you know, either push someone down, promote someone like Zoe Kazan's a good example. She might end up lead. Just well, a- that's just it. I'm going by the billing for now and we'll see how they sort of coordinate. I mean, lest we forget the year that Judas and the Black Messiah had no lead actor. So yep. that could very easily happen here. Totally. Supporting actor. Uh, this is probably out of the acting ones. This is one I probably struggled with the most. And like best actor to a lesser extent, too. It's a rare year where the women's categories feel a bit more stuffed and the men. Uh, there's not too many that have come out in front yet. Um, yeah, <clears throat> uh, my 10's OK, but it, there's a lot of assumptions there. Well, I have a bunch in here that like I could totally see a pathway and a narrative where it works out. But like. Nothing where you look ahead in front and it's like, oh, yeah, that's like leading the pack or whatever. Agreed. 
Uh, so I've got Barry Keegan for Banshees, Brad Pitt for Babylon. I've got Michael K. Williams for Breaking. I don't really have any strong evidence that it would happen, but if enough of, of if enough others flop, I could see it like picking up some momentum. Yeah. Uh, Paul Dano for The Fablemans, Woody Harrelson for Triangle of Sadness, Anthony Hopkins for Armageddon Time, uh, Ben Wishaw for Women Talking, mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson for Banshees. And uh, Kihi Kwan for everything everywhere. Yeah, um, you're missing <clears throat> Tom Hanks. I am not. I know. <laughs> I'm very I know. De- purposefully. I already gave Elvis a lot of credit below the line stuff. I'm not going crazy. That's fair. Um, Woody Harrelson's not going to happen, but he's he's funny in the movie. You'll see. You're going to see the movie soon enough. Well, but yeah, but like, again, like I said, once you get past the first four, it could be any of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, Ben Wishaw is probably maybe the safest of that lot for a nomination. Yeah. I would love to see Brendan Gleeson, if Colin Farrell's feeling like more of a sure thing, I would love to see Gleeson sort of glide in on that because he's well-deserving, I'm sure. He, I, I, There's a world in which they both go lead, but I, if, if someone goes supporting, it should be Gleeson. Fair enough. Uh, also, Judd Hirsch. Keep Judd Hirsch in mind for that. Yeah, I, I have Judd Hirsch in the back of my mind. He'll probably... I, I just... I'm not sure of the brevity of... Because it might... Well, like you said, he's only in the two scenes. So I don't yeah. know how much that would knock against him. Uh, it's the best scene in the movie, though, for me. Okay. So that helps. Um, there's another really great scene. But this is this is the most character-y scene. Um, all right. Actress. I've got uh, Danielle Deadweiler for Till. Carrie Mulligan for She Said, Taylor Russell for Bones and All, Emma Thompson for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, Ana de Armas for Blonde. Uh, so I've got Margot Robbie here for Babylon. I think yeah. out of the two, that's the direction, both category and film, that is most likely. Yes. Uh, I've got Olivia Coleman for Empire of Light, Viola Davis for The Woman King, Kate Blanchett for Tar. And Michelle Yeoh for everything, everywhere. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's that. Jennifer Lawrence. Like I said, I think it's the movie's too small, but like, I would maybe put her above like a Taylor Russell. I just I don't think Bones and All is gonna even make a, a blip on the radar. I I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So, uh, Emma Thompson like would be a very cool nomination, but I think they're still puzzled about. Wait, that movie's eligible? Wasn't it on TV? Like, there. That's a weird like. Oh, sure. To navigate. And I think it'll probably just end up with not enough uh, voters watching it. Not even like a quality issue. Just I don't think enough people will see it to get it over uh, the finish line. Actor. Fair enough. Uh, actor. I've got Jeremy Pope for Inspection. He's very uh, good. Michael Ward for Empire of Light. He's very good. Uh, Diego Calva for Babylon. So, um, yeah, I mean, that character is sort of the our entry point into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not in it any more or less than than Brad Pitt. So, like, I don't know what they're going to do with categories yet. I have a weird hunch that he might wind up just kind of, like, put supporting because he's a smaller name. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. My, uh, I mean, as much as I'd heard about it was that he's closer to being a lead than Pitt. They're, I mean, again, I, re- I read the script, so I can't go by that. But, like, they're both in it about the same amount. Okay. And Margaret Robbie, they're, they're they're the three main focuses of the of the movie, just because they they hit on basically what's going on. But there's plenty of scenes that don't involve them, sort of. But that's sure. more like, oh, 
here's another orgy. You know, here's a, here's a this, here's a that. But they're, he's with, Diego Calvo is with one of them usually at any of the important junctures. Sure. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so yep. uh, after him, I've got Christian Bale in Amsterdam. Until uh, proven otherwise, right? Until proven otherwise, yeah. Um, you know, hope for the worst, prepare for the best. Um, for an actor uh, you like otherwise. For an actor I otherwise like, yes. Um, Tom Cruise and Top Gun Maverick. I Listen, if it's a weak enough year, I don't see why he doesn't have a shot. I mean, I, I have heard nothing to suggest that they are not going that to that they're not going to try. Like, if he wants it, like, I don't think he can win. Oh, no, no chance in hell. But I will say, I mean, even for me, like, because I follow his stuff a lot and he has kind of fallen into the action movie star, you know, slot more frequently than not. But I'll say acting wise, this is easily his best performance in years. So, yeah. If they're going to make he, it go for it with uh, something like this. If, if the money's there to be spent, which God knows they made enough of it to do it, and he wants to do it, he could he could make a dent because he could really, like, go out there. Like, can you imagine if he does the, like, the hustle? Oh, totally. Well, I think there's a world in which that happens. I mean, you can even play the narrative that it's like a repeat of the Color of Money scenario where he worked with Paul Newman. Yeah. I mean, listen, if, he, if he's going to, like, really press the flesh and do, like, the kind of things that, like, I get invited to go to an event honoring him. Sure. Know, they usually don't do it for like that level of person. They're very selective about what they do. But if he decides he wants that, that's going to be interesting. Oh, totally. He can use it as an opportunity to like shill for Mission Impossible, which will probably have a longer trailer by then. Like there's a lot of stuff he can oh, do. Oh, yeah. Also, like, like juice like, it. Read, read the rest of your things and then I want to present to you a scenario. Sure. Uh, so now we're in my top five for actor. I've got Bill Nighy yeah. for living. Um, I've got Hugh Jackman in the sun for now. I'm not convinced that movie is going to make even a dent though. I have, I have heard, I have heard from at least one prominent colleague of mine who I, uh, you know, someone who does what I do for a different outlet. Um, they are convinced he's not getting nominated, which I don't know that that's, I mean, that's a, that's a big jump, but yeah, this, like his coronation to win starts today is a wholly made up entity. Well, that's just the thing. He's one of those guys who he's been nominated a bunch of times and we all want to see him win. And sometimes it's easy to like, oh, well, he's in this big, buzzy thing from this big, buzzy filmmaker. Surely that's a home run. But like, you know, it's all dependent on the film. And I think they, I think we I think a lot of people also not so secretly want him to win for like a, a Broadway type of thing. Like, you know, like, 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 what is he doing? The music man now? Like, not that like a movie version of that would do it, but like. I think they want him to win for song and dance as well. Sure. Which is not the song. No, right. that's not the vibe so, I'm getting. Uh, yeah. So top three, I have uh, Austin Butler for Elvis, mm-hmm. uh, Colin Farrell for Banshees, and uh, Brendan Fraser for The Whale. Okay. And so I, think, I think it's easy to say that it's his race to lose. Yeah, I think at this moment. Um, but let's say... Let's, let's say... Brendan Fraser and Austin Butler kind of become the consensus top two, right? Not not a shockingly out there development, right? Right. But on, on nomination morning, one of your other five misses. So let's let's say like maybe the Jackman thing, and it is sure. Tom Cruise. Yeah. There's a world in which I'm sure they go. Could we? Could Tom Cruise beat Brendan Fraser if you could make it a one on one? Oh man, I don't know, and. Uh... There's also, like, you don't want to be the guy who's actively trying to torpedo Fraser's comeback narrative. You know what I mean? Yes. 
that's true. Um, it will be it will be very fascinating though. He has a Brendan. So the Globes are coming back, much as we don't care that much. Um, they have a problem with him, right? Wasn't there an issue with Brendan Fraser and the Globes? Uh, pretty significant problem. Yes. Yes. So, do you think he's going to win the Golden Globe for Best Drama, Best Actor in a Drama? <sighs> That's a really interesting question. Because I don't will know. he even show? I don't think he. Well, I wouldn't show if I were him. Exactly. And and do the Globes not have a interesting history of when you don't show, you tend not to win? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, quite frankly, Top Gun has more than enough jokes in it for it to qualify as comedy by their weird standards anyway so. no 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 they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna clear that path for austin butler oh fair point fair point yep. and then yeah i mean i think th- I, think I think that, that it, i think, well, the globes I think honestly want that. then globes wise i think then it's between Cruz and Farrell. yeah i mean i mean that then, we're yeah, way ahead of ourselves so like cruise oh, totally. cruise and butler win the globes I mean, Tom Cruise is not winning SAG. No, that seems. Like but a I could Frazier see layup. him getting nominated. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I want to see. If he gets nominated for for a SAG award, mm-hmm. you know you're in good spot. But again, remember, Christian Bale's in a movie this year. Yeah, but it's a movie with baggage, to say the least. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, that, that I just wanted to put that in your head of like, there's a world in which all of a sudden, the Tom Cruise of it all is like, oh well, maybe I see the path. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Yep. No, I see it right. completely. And your pictures. Or director? Oh, no, no, sorry. Yeah, director. Sorry. Uh, so I've got um, Daniels for Everything Everywhere, Joseph Kaczynski for Maverick, Martin McDonough for Banshees, Darren Aronofsky for The Whale, Gina Prince Blythewood for Woman King, Todd Field for Tar, Sam Mendes for Empire of Light. Sarah Polly for Women Talking, Damien Chazelle for Babylon, Steven Spielberg for Fablemans. Yeah. I don't know if there's anyone uh, particularly missing there. Um, so much of it is tied in the picture. Well, that, quite. Yeah, exactly. All right. Give me your, give me your picture. So we'll picture, so picture I did 20. So go All through right. them real quick. Do, do your 20 to 11. You're not nominated. Yeah, so 20 to 11 is The Sun, The Inspection, Glass Onion, All Quiet on the Western Front, Decision to Leave, Avatar, Armageddon Time, Triangle of Sadness, She Said, and Amsterdam. Okay. And you're predicted 10 at the moment. Predicted 10 at the moment. Uh, I've got Top Gun Maverick. Mm -hmm. I've got Tar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. I have all three of those. Uh, Empire of Light. Four. Uh, the Woman King. Don't have that one. The Banshees of Inisherin. Don't have it now, but might be adding it. Uh, the Whale. I have it, but I may not be keeping it. Uh, Babylon. I have it. Which I just want to say, I guess I'm in the minority on this. That Babylon trailer really bounced off me. I don't know what it was, but I like, I immediately was like, Maybe this isn't an Oscar movie. Maybe this is just like a wild, fun party movie. Oh, no, it is a wild party movie. I just think the it's such a big scale that I think they will go for it 
probably at least below the line. There's well, that's a, what I think I'm is like suddenly is like, oh, maybe this is more of a below the line player because like production design, costume, all that stuff. I'm sure it's going to be right out in front score. You know, the stuff that Chazelle stuff is usually good at. I don't even rule him out for a director nom, but like, I don't know. I just I don't know what I, mean, I was they, expecting. They love a movie about movies. But no, I, I mean, I, I kind of try and embraced you for it. Yeah, I mean, it certainly looked like what I was telling you, right? No, it totally did. I think like you, I was surprised how much it looked like what you had described. Yeah, I, um, I even I even noticed some things in like shots. I'm like, oh, my God, that scene's going to be in the movie. So you're in for something interesting, if nothing well, else. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. And then uh, my top two are women talking and the Fablemans, sure. which I feel are a very safe two right now. Yep. I would. I, I think they are two of the safest for a nomination right now. Maybe the only two safe ones. Though, there's something wrong if Top Gun's not in just because it is now made seven hundred million dollars domestically. It like if it's you doing pretty damn well. Yeah, like save like kind of did save movies. Well, more All so right. than Tenet. Yeah. Oh boy, did I? I heard some te- conversations about Tenet this week. Um, oh. Uh, yeah no just people who were like you know who hadn't been to a thing in a long time being like remember when we were supposed to like risk our lives to see tenant and then you watch tenant you're like this is what i was supposed to die for yeah but oof. yeah indeed all right so we're gonna we're gonna end here and next week we will talk about more of the films because some of them will be seen by more people so we're in a good spot um you hate dealer's choice. Do you have I a suggestion? Um, no. <laughs> all right. This is the well, part of the podcast where we're all a little burnt out. <laughs> yeah, this is true. All right. Say where you can be followed. And here, you know what? This will speak to all three of us. And, and Steve, wake up because you have to do this too. Um, there we go. Um, tell me what your... Actually, you know what? Steve has to do two because he wasn't here for one of ours. Um, yeah, no, it's a good one though. We got we got we got we got good mileage out of it. So everyone's going to talk about um, how do you end your night? Like when you get into bed, do you do TV? Do you listen to a podcast? Does it need to be silent? I mean, you two have like spouses, so you know, fuck you guys. But like, how does that how does that work? Since we're all tired, we can talk about sleep. And then Steve, when you say what your things are. Uh, you have to chime in because a couple weeks ago we talked about the worst dates we've ever been on. <laughs> you And like the best, but like that's just a chance for you to like suck up to your wife. But like the worst date we want to hear also. But Miles, go for your thing first. Okay. Um, so you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. Please check out my short films, American Exorcist and Once Upon a Dracula. They're both on YouTube under Aftershock Pictures and Chase Capo, respectively. Uh, please read my writing on Awards Radar and Looper. I uh, got an article about things that happen in every Saw movie that went up on the ladder last week. So Games are played. Games are played. Um, as far as bedtime routine, uh, we actually, uh, Kelly's the, actually the one who like, likes to have a podcast going because it's yeah. like, it just, the dialogue just kind of helps us fall asleep. So Same. there's definitely been more than a few nights where we've listened to this podcast to fall to sleep. <laughs> um, but, uh, we, we have, cause you're like, I, I was there. Over. Have at it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's just, you know, I can tell where she like, you know, 
it like dozes off and it's just like oh, okay i'm just listening to myself talk this is yeah uh where are my hands at um, i can just imagine a world like someone perhaps enjoying a, a substance of some kind but they're also listening to a podcast in which they're a part of it and they pass out for a minute wake up to hear yourself talking yeah it's happened <laughs> yeah I, I i don't think i could handle that i think i would be very puzzled uh, but i like that all right steve where can you be followed and then you're on the clock now uh, you can follow me on twitter and letterboxd at film snork uh best date would be well the most memorable date you know we've had plenty of dates and stuff so and i've but the the one that stands out is is a movie related one your wife yeah well i mean the the one that stands out is the (laughs) for your for your safety i think it should be but you know live your truth well my, my favorite date would be going to the movies with my wife and then we did a double feature then we went out for some drinks and then uh i said Major daughter. Let's, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. This is early on. I go, this, want to go to the, uh, the, the late show. And we, we did three movies in one night. And I said, you know what? This is my, this is my wife. Cause anyone who's willing to do that. And it was like, you know, a seven hour date. Um, nice. So worst date. I don't know. I had, a, I had a, an, a very awkward date that ended with an awkward handshake. I think. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. those are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's just like, oh. neither of us really enjoyed this. What's the protocol yeah. here? <laughs> I was like, I kind of had fun. I I don't know if you're attracted to me. So we just like kind of, it was going to be a hug. I'm like, is it a kiss? No, it's a handshake. And that was it. <laughs> Never spoke to her again. Fun. Um, nice. And sleep routine, routine is, is awkward because my wife works very early. So mine is typically work until I'm about to pass out and then, uh, or pass out. And wake up and realize I'm sleeping and go go to bed. Uh, yeah, no, I, I know I know that firsthand. There's a lot of like, all right, Steve, let me know when this is ready. And I, I'm like, oh shit, it's like two thirty in the morning. I should check in. Just let me know when it's ready. And then sometimes we go to bed and wake up to like the four a.m. text. I'm like, I fell asleep. It's ready. It's ready. Don't. It's here. It's here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm aware of this. Or, you know, I'm awake and I get that one. I'm like, oh cool. Last year when I was you know when I was living with my ex. It was interesting sometimes to be like, are you coming to bed? I'm like, yeah, you know, I just have to wait for Steve. Like, what, what does that mean? I'm like, no, no, just can't put up the podcast until I'm it's here. Like, oh. you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's cool. Um, yeah, you can follow me at Joey Maggots on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all, all those things, Awards Radar on several of those things. As we recorded um, today on Wednesday, September 14th, it was the two-year anniversary of Awards Radar. Woohoo! Woo. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's right. gonna happen while I'm at Toronto most years, so don't don't look for articles. Like, but you know, nice you know what? To, look for uh, articles. Nice. There's there's hundreds on on yeah, Award Radar. You know, yeah. Look for articles. There's two years worth. Um, as of this recording, we have uh, three thousand eight hundred and sixty-seven published pieces. Wow! So, wow! Um, Eleven hundred and forty-three of which are mine. So uh, uh, more than a third, more than two thirds of the site is not me. So keep that in mind. Um, Bedtime routine, I'm a big podcast person, which I know has annoyed as many people as people who have been like, I don't care, I'm going to sleep, do, do whatever you want. But oddly, I, I don't like the TV thing. Like falling asleep to TV, it bothers me. I used to be a falling asleep to TV guy, but at a certain point, it's just 
the light becomes too bothersome. Exactly. And it's like thing. a podcast ends and then you have silence. TV is going to be on just for that of like, you know, what you said the light, like you wake up in the morning and just like the TV's already on. You're like, what was going on? Like, you know, I put on I put on an episode of something and it ends like there's silence. So if I wake up and there's silence, I know it was at least an hour that I was, you know, I was out. Um, it just means sometimes you have to listen to things several times, which is not always great. But yeah, I, I'm similar to you, to you in that I like I like the sound of voices like kind of fall asleep. You just like listening to conversations with friends. I mean, you go the, the extra mile of listening to your own conversation. You had three days before that. But, you know, that's cool. You know what? When it comes up in the rotation, because that's yeah, how she tends to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, listen. I, I, I subscribe and download. I just don't actually listen. Yes, you know, I'm, I'm good on the sound of my voice, but there are plenty of things that I do listen to. So that is uh, rarely uh, an issue. All right, cool. We'll be back next week. We will uh, talk about Pearl. We will talk about. Blonde. We will talk about the Woman King. Is there anything else coming out? Uh, see how they run, but I haven't decided yet whether I'm going to give it a miss or not. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. It, it's fine. It, it's been. How much do you like Agatha Christie? A fair bit. You, then you'll you might like it. They're well, very. It's, uh, it's about the mouse trap, right? Yes. I've very, yeah. Very... I've, I've done the mouse trap, so I'll have that. Entry well, I mean, point at least. Yeah. There, there's, there's enough there that I think you'll, you'll be in. I, I made the mistake of pulling up Box Office Mojo to be assisted in seeing what's coming out next week. And boy, that's not helpful. I don't know why I, I thought that. Burn. I, I thought they would be helpful this time. Um, oh, wait, here we go. Uh, next week, Woman King. Works 3. I've already seen it where I talked about it. Pearl. See how they run. Yep, that's that's basically where we're at. Um, I'm seeing Don't Worry Darling on Friday, so I'll talk about that next week. Speaking of films, I haven't decided whether to watch or not. I will report back. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and we'll be talking about Amsterdam next week as well, because Steve and I will have seen it. Miles is hoping he doesn't have it. <laughs> Desperately. Yeah. Well, we'll see. In the meantime, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you all for paying attention to the stuff out of Toronto so far. There's plenty more to come. Um, numbers on the site have been pretty good. People seem to be into the articles. Um, congrats on Steve with the Emmy season. Um, you're back to movies. So thank you. Yes, Sam. Yep. We back may. Uh, I, that mind frame. I mean, I was going to do this off mic, but we may do an Emmy recap a little bit late. But we, you know, we have a, a lot of thoughts sure. and get a few of the uh, the Emmy squad together. So yeah. Put that put that up whenever. Little supplemental um, and, piece. You know, all the uh, all the usual. Um, we'll be better rested, sort of, maybe next week. Yes, um, please. And then it looks like uh, looks like I think more often than not, Steve will be will be back on. I'll be back. Um, it was, it was, it was. Lar- I mean, he can speak to it himself, but it was largely Emmy season, and you know, everyone needs a break sometimes. Yeah, it was. It was. I would say it's seventy five to eighty percent, probably more Emmys, because with all the with the interviews, we did dozens of interviews and lining them up and everything that goes in, in, in part of it and also watching the content you know I don't just go yes. into an interview and, to, and I, I, I watched if I could full seasons and sometimes full series before I'd speak to somebody so it's a oh. it's a lot of commitment Miles and I are on the work smarter train 
Steve's on the work harder train. <laughs> well, I enjoy I enjoy the content, so I'm like, yeah. I, I find myself feeling like I'm cheating myself if I don't. No, so. Totally, we're not we're not working in the mines here. Um, I was I was explaining this to someone. I had a and then we'll wrap up. Just like when you're at a film festival, at a certain point, you haven't slept, you haven't eaten, and you just like you're over it, and then you you just need to have something fun happen. But you know, I know it's not like hard work per se, but it can it's still not enjoyable to be exhausted sitting still watching a story unfold that you're not you know you're, you're not giving maybe full attention to it, you're not engaged with mm-hmm. and it's you know what it more is it's oh I, yeah great i had a five movie day yeah that's not hard that means i have to now do four thousand words worth of writing that's the not fun part um in a different way still fun but you know in any event we're, we're, we're basically on from film festivals, at least here. Um, MYFF is coming up, but there's only a few things to see there. So um, we're, we're entering the, the award season. So that'll be what we'll talk about. So stay tuned. Thank you for coming back, uh, Steve. Hope everyone enjoyed. Thanks. And we will see you at the movies. See you there. Glad to have you back, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content. <laughs>